0: Hi, and welcome to Radical Change Radio. Today we are wrapping up our series on patterns of fate and destiny. And as part of the wrapping up, we will talk about how we discover the patterns uh, or the uniquenesses in each one of us that we talked about previously. So, uh, to give you a short recap, um, uh, each one of us, um, me, Mayur, and Sergei, uh, spoke about three uh, unique and very strong uh, aspects, flows, uh, uh, parts of our of ourselves, of our beings, uh, and uh, how how they they shape our life, uh, but we have not told you how we discovered these three, or why did we choose to speak about these three and so this is the the focus of our today 's podcast to to try to give you a, a, a sense of how to go about discovering your own uh, major major points of balance. Um, and uh, then how to uh, rank them um, by the impact, how to verify them with, uh, with uh, your friends, your family, and then how to use them. So with that, um, um, let me jump into the first uh, uh, first way in which we, we, uh, we can find these patterns, or w- we used to find our own. Um, and this um, uh, this comes from uh, from looking at, at at back in your past uh, for uh, for imprints, and these imprints can can usually be of uh, two sorts. Uh, they can be a big wound, uh, or it can be a big gift. Although in our experience, it usually is a wound more often than it is a gift. And uh this wound and all this gift uh then becomes an attractor for 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 your way of expressing uh in the world or for your being if it 's a wound it kind of it's, it, it tries to heal the wound is trying to heal and it's drawing your life energy into it and, and shaping your life your decisions uh, and if it's a gift it's the other way it has a lot of a lot of uh energy, so to speak, in it, stored in it, and then this energy is flowing out and shaping your life in that way. How do you see that, guys? So I, um, let me go back to mythology for this, right?
1: Uh, I think uh, something what hit me was, uh, look at two things. I want to share just two brief things. One, um, you know, all of us have had the experience where either an elder or a religious figure wants to bless you. We seek blessings when you're young and you want you want to go out in the world you know especially in East india India uh, you basically uh, uh, seek blessing now to seek blessing, if you look at the etymology of the word blessing, it means to be seen and to be wounded by an elder. What it means is that this wound is created in a way so that it brings out the best in you, and in you healing yourself, you also heal that wound everywhere else in the universe right so that is the eastern perspective now look at the western perspective where you look at the great legends and uh, uh, and in the great legends um, uh, the ailing king is uh, uh, waiting for somebody to ask him what ails you and in finding out what is it that's hurting him that the whole uh, kingdom again is to be um, come alive again Mm-hmm. right and the wound is in the inner thigh by the way that's metaphorical and I, I don't want to get into the uh, the magical and I mean magical uh, significance of that I will let you discover that for yourself um, uh, so this is uh, uh, this this wounding as you see while from one perspective it can be seen as oh my lord how can you say that why does blessing mean this right and why does being blessed by the christ is actually a painful thing <laughs> uh, really is and yet in the healing of that wound you're not just healing yourself but you're healing the world that that becomes your very gift to the world that becomes your salvation so so that's that's the way uh i see it you know in uh, having both these cultures uh be deeply a part of me, I do understand it from both those perspectives. That's how I see it, guys. So I think the wounding is necessary from from where I sit at this point in my life.
0: So, an example, um, one of my uh, topics in the, in the podcast, in the series was, was relationships. Uh, and tracing this back to, to a wound, um, as a teenager, uh, I was very lonely. Um, and uh this was uh, um multiplied by the fact that i moved from um, from my uh from Russia where uh, i was born into us as a teenager and and not knowing the language uh completely new school no friends uh in us so uh, it, it was quite t- traumatic and wounding and and then for a few years not even being been able to talk to anybody uh because because no language skills right um this created a deep deep, deep sense of loneliness which formed that wound that then had been been trying to heal itself uh and guiding and shaping my life with that uh with that flow and it turned out to be a blessing because uh uh, I am who I am right now uh, due to that to that to that flow of energy into the wound mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh, I'm trying to come up with uh, good examples of against uh, the, the wound that I would get from my three stories and somehow I'm coming up short maybe I just haven't looked deep enough so for my, mine's the learning organizing and dancing right? Um uh, I can probably dig and find some. Uh, I just haven't thought enough of it. But say for dancing, for example, uh, I can't really think of a wound. Uh, I've been happily dancing since I was little. Uh, And I'm thinking that this is probably one of the examples where it doesn't have to be a wound. It could be just an imprint. You know, I can't think of a particular... Inciting incident that would actually make it, or a particular—I uh, uh, don't know—context, uh, uh, perhaps. Although I do remember that uh, uh, that I discovered that I can dance, uh, uh, like reckless abandon, quite unexpectedly to myself for myself. So I actually remember that particular uh, night in a little club, in my hometown uh, with uh, a bunch of uh, young teenagers at that point uh, somebody played rock and roll and they just uh, uh, totally uh, huh. danced it away that, to the point that uh, somebody like me and another guy another guy, one of my friends uh, we just danced it away and uh, to the point that uh, they brought us on stage gave us some kind of chocolate or something as a prize that, for the best dancers in the club so I remember that part huh. Um uh, but other than that, I mean, uh, I don't see it as, a, as any kind of wound for this particular one. But the other two, possibly. I'm,
1: I'm going to talk about contribution, because I think that's very, uh, very, very key and critical to just about everything I do in my life, at least the way I see it, yeah? And uh, it was driven by a wound. Um, uh, without uh, throwing a few family members under the bus, uh, <laughs> uh, I I was denied my dreams. Um, I was a, I was a pretty smart, I was a pretty pretty smart kid and uh, gotten into some of the best schools. And what I really wanted to study was astrophysics. And um, I got into two of my dream schools and uh, with uh, with scholarships. However, I was pretty young I was really young when I got into uh, uh, college and I didn't have enough resources to uh, even though I had scholarship to just pack up and uh, show up at these schools and uh, this one particular family member basically summed up what I wanted to do with uh, a story saying oh so what do you want me to do is uh, help you get there so that you can sleep during the day and what stars at night no thank you <laughs> right <laughs> And uh, to me, it was a squashing of my dreams in many ways, and me not being able to uh, yeah. live my life and uh, uh, my aspirations uh, on my terms. It's a pretty, pretty darn big wound, and it led to quite a few, uh, quite a few decisions. Some that I'm proud of, and some that I'm not so proud of. However, the relief came, and when, uh, when I started making the transition to basically help people find their own unique way of being in the world and support them, whether it was financially, mentally, emotionally or physically, be that. And that that uh, that essentially became the medicine for the others, but in finding that medicine for the others, I started opening up my own world and started to live in a bigger and a bigger and a bigger world so instead of doing um, deep exploration of space out there I started doing deep exploration of space in here <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's it's, uh, it's funny how these things work mm-hmm.
0: hmm. uh, another way we have of of, of trying to find a p- patterns in your life is by um, we would term it poisonous water and beautiful fountain Um, Basically, uh, try to think of a a consistent uh, and long-standing flow of energy or fountain of energy um, and how with time it might, uh, like a hose, it might turn into one direction or another direction and depending on the context where you live, that you're living right now, and then uh, each direction can shape it so in one direction it can turn poisonous and become a swamp whereas in another it can become a beautiful beautiful waterpole this might uh, might become more uh, understandable with an example Uh, one of the from very early on one of the uh, uh, consistent flows for me has been around freedom and and and, uh, and uh, non-attachment, um, and I talked about this in one of the podcasts uh, as lifestyle uh, travel living, which is really emb- embodying the non-attachment to to well to a lot of things and and the freedom to to be in the world. Uh, but there've been the times where this uh, value, the source has has been uh, blocked. Uh, blocked around me, or in the context that I was living. And then I know that this energy turns, uh, it becomes, first it's, it turns frustrating, and then it can become, uh, uh, angry and violent and, and kind of can poison everything around it. Um, if I am held bound, uh, I, I i I literally feel like there's, there's this this anger building up but then eventually becomes something you know it's, it becomes the force that 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 will, that will attempt to break mm-hmm.
2: okay.
1: this um this imagery is very uh, speaks very deeply to me uh, this notion of uh, poisonous water and a beautiful fountain um, uh, to me it's alchemical and what I'm going to do is bring down this alchemy or alchemical symbology, uh, perhaps down to earth, uh, go into a place I haven't gone before in a long time, which is an NLP. Uh, but let me go there and connect these two. for the alchemy, <laughs> right? I know, I haven't gone there in uh, ages. <laughs>
2: alchemy and NLP, right.
1: Yeah, play with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it is the movement from a stuck state to a state of flow. Poisonous water, in many ways, becomes stagnant when it's not allowed to move. Similarly, when you hold on to your depression, when you hold on to your anger, when you hold on to this feeling of being hurt, it actually traumatizes you and freezes your body. And I I do know a little bit about this uh, from deep personal experience. (laughs) There are periods where I've locked myself away for days to an end, not getting out of a small room because I was afraid. And that fear traumatized me. Mm -hmm. yet freedom is on the other side where that fear, that depression, that stuck state has to be expressed. In other words, it has to come from your mind into your body and out into the world. What I have found works for me has been my martial arts where the expression of that fear led to excellence, the expression of that severely asthmatic. I still remember my first instructor telling me... uh, within the first week of my martial arts that if I ever made it to yellow belt I should consider it a success yeah. I, would love to, I would love to sit down with them and have a conversation now <laughs> uh, but but you know it's these stuck states whether it's a curse that is put on you because languaging is a curse and the way people try to frame you is a curse or an actual traumatic experience that you go where you can't move but the, the freedom comes in that stagnant water moving out and starting to flow. And that's where will comes in. First, that stagnation has to break through. This is this whole movement from a stuck state to a state of flow from NLP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From alchemy, it is the poison becoming the nectar uh, or the fountain of life. And from, from Hindu mythology, this is uh, Shiva drinking the poison from the waters and converting it into soma or the nectar of life. So, uh, so yes. Now, when I when I when I see this symbology, when I hear this, it is very um, very deep and very core and can be understood at the level of mind, stuck state to flow, body freeze, freezing in a traumatic state to finding beauty and moving. To spirit, where the poison is within you, and that poison has to be churned, yolked, yoga, and turned into the very nectar of life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, long about round way of talking about it, but this is a very sacred symbology as far as I'm concerned.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's be- beautiful, languaging around it. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um,
2: I don't know, we've probably talked a, a lot about this, this point. Maybe we can move on. I don't really have anything material to add to that. Let's go to the third
1: <laughs> way of seeing this and yeah. uh, 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 this whole notion of ugliness and beauty,
0: right? And Which is bringing the external into, into, into this discussion, right? Yeah.
1: Uh Yes, and uh, it's bringing external and how it connects to the internal as well, I think, and I think it's a continuum, but I agree, it's bringing the external and uh, these lines by um, James Joyce that have... um, I didn't understand it uh, when I first read it many, many years ago. There was this phase when I was trying to read James Joyce just to be an intellectual, so to speak. <laughs> we, we have uh, we, we, All of us at some point have been at that stage, yeah? Um, but uh, there were these lines he said, what's the difference between good art and bad art? And uh, it took me many years to understand what he was saying, at least I think I understand. Uh, where he said that when you see bad art, you want to possess it there's desire that comes in and you want to own it, you want to possess it. Mm-hmm. When you see good art, there's aesthetic arrest. You freeze. Your mind stops thinking and there's no movement. And okay. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? What the hell is he talking about? You know. And then I understood the difference between attachment and non-attachment and where ownership and possession, therefore destroying that which is beautiful comes. Mm-hmm. Or experiencing the beautiful being transformed by it and then moving on uh so when i think about um uh ugliness and beauty uh the way to discover those stories about you is you know, when you find uh things that you find ugly and things that you find beautiful are key indicators for the stories of our lives and being able to tap into what what we find truly beautiful and just seeing that in us and Seeing what repulses us, and also seeing that in us, becomes a key criteria to find the patterns in our life that have an overriding effect. Mm.
0: I I I I think of it uh, very broadly that um, uh, there is uh, um, out of the infinite variety of of sensations. Mm out there. Uh, each of us chooses uh, unconsciously uh, to see certain parts as ugly and certain parts as beautiful. Uh-huh. And what what we choose is different for each of us. Uh-huh. Now, the reason we make is unconscious choices about external is because it's a reflection of our internal mm-hmm. it's our internal mm-hmm. stories, our internal threads, internal patterns. So it's just a very simple way to, to track, uh, you track your own stories by looking what is it you consistently see as ugly and as beautiful and then uh, follow the thread inside of uh, yourself to find, uh, to find the pattern that's been running throughout your whole life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. So, as we discussed about these three ways, you know, the seeing our wounds and the gifts with it, the way we see ourselves stuck, or if we see, uh, "Hey, I'm, I've been traumatized," or "This person did this to me," or "This person went out and tried to destroy me." Again, yeah, speaking from experience, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> seeing that as a as a key story, and then seeing what the opposite of it is true as well. I think will quickly. uh, Begin to start finding a pattern in a story. I think the reason why the wound metaphor is interesting, Sergey, so, okay, I was thinking about, hey, mm-hmm. that you're not relating with it, and I was thinking, I was like, I think as humans, right, most of us tend to remember where we were hurt and insulted more yes. than we remember that, hey, Arman was actually nice to me and uh, he bought me food when I was hungry. I may mean, forget that easily, but if Arman says, hey, your hair looks nasty today. I'll remember that for 62 years. I'm just exaggerating for a fact. But that that's how we tend to remember uh, uh, most, most things. So I think if you start looking at those things that repulse you, things that uh, you feel wounded or you feel someone has done wrong to you, I think they quickly start unraveling a key aspect of our lives and our life stories. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah. So, 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 yes, so, of course. Uh, yeah, just uh, just to add my own way of looking at the third part, the you know the the outside, right? So uh, I guess one way I'm uh, also tracking uh, what uh, what uh, my key stories are is by how people respond to what I'm doing, right? So I'm, I'm mm. doing some activities, right? Mm. Like say I, I, I take dance, the same thing, right? So take a dance, right? And uh, I see how people with look back at me when I'm dancing. Uh, and it's especially noticeable uh, in clubs, right, where people don't really go out and do the ec- ecstatic dances like uh, I would normally do in the classes. Uh, and there, a, a lot of people are, like, literally shocked, usually in a good way. They're like, you know, wow. It's just like, and, and I wouldn't think about much of it. It's just, yeah, this is the way I dance. You know, that's, that's it. Uh, but other people find it like, wow. Right. I, I want to ask you something because mm-hmm.
1: it's true for me in martial arts, and I'm mm-hmm. wondering if it's true for you when you dance. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I'm really doing my martial, I don't even like saying I'm doing martial arts well because I don't do it. It does me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's another thing, right? That's it does thing. me, and uh-huh. when it does me, I come out feeling beautiful. I come out feeling rejuvenated. I come out feeling in right. flow. Mm-hmm. I come out feeling elegant. Yes. Right, it is a gift to me. It acts mm-hmm. to me. So sometimes when I fight and I tell you, when my students ask me, "How did you do that?" Since I, or what happened? I'm like, I didn't do it, mm-hmm. okay? I, and and I'm very specific about it. I so said, I don't, I didn't do it. It did it. It mm-hmm. went through me. Does yeah. that make
2: sense? I'm saying? Absolutely. That actually makes sure. like perfect sense. It's a. Uh, I think that's another marker, actually. So, if you really channel that energy, it's mm-hmm. not you, it's whatever universe, I don't know, God, whatever name you come up for, it, right? But it's something outside of you, something bigger than you moves you. Yeah. Then, you know, that's a clear marker that that's something that, you know, something you belong to, right? Something that you resonate with. Uh, and... uh there's no way that you can consciously replicate that. It's, and it's, there's no way yeah. you can fake it either. Yes, exactly. So, so that's, to me, that's this, the third point, right? The connection to the universe, I guess, and not just other people, right? That would be the lateral connection, right? But also to the universe, the, which is kind of the vertical connection. Verticality, right? yeah. Uh, it's all, basically all, in all directions, right? So if you connect to all of it, uh, that's a very, very clear marker that that's uh, one of your uh, key patterns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, uh yeah, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. Well, um after after l- using these um, ways of of finding the patterns of the stories, Or the threads that run consistently through your life, the next the next uh, step is to rank them by importance or by their impact and um i don't know if you guys want to say more about this to me it's just simply looking at what is more pervasive what has been around for longer and what's drawing more energy it's just as much as that i, I think i want us to explore this a little
1: more the reason is you know okay. many a times what happens is uh uh are uh, not even conscious how pervasive this thing is it's like a fish in water if it's truly a story of your life that is true you know, you you almost are not able to even see that it is so deeply and consistently present, and in 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 so many ways, uh, the stories that you think are important may not be important because it's the hardest thing to do is to see yourself, yeah. thereby know yourself. Uh-huh. I, I think uh, a very uh, a very good. Uh, way to find those stories is see the people who are closest around you and uh a notice what bugs you about them yeah (laughs) that's that's usually a good indicator of what you need to fix in yourself (laughs) right and it's a it's a it's a it's a pretty pretty darn good marker and then second Mm -hmm. ask the people who bug you for honest feedback about you it's harder than you think, guys. <laughs> but, but I think it's a very good and quick way of quickly beginning to discover uh, key themes and uh, so key storylines.
2: Say more about the feedback. I'm, I'm not sure I follow what you mean by others giving your feedback. What do you... Com- what are you I said people from? who irritate you, for example. Yeah, right? so what would what you glean from your feedback, Like for instance? They see me in a very
1: different light than I see myself. And then Mm -hmm. the mismatch between how I see myself
2: and they see see me, Mm -hmm. I think the truth lies somewhere in between. Also, maybe you're saying that uh, that they would see what you do the most consistently, like the most... Over and over again. Uh, Well, yeah, the the most pronounced, I guess, for them. I guess so. Uh Because if they irritate you, then they are probably opposite of you, right? So they'll see the opposite.
1: Either that or it's a part of me that I don't want to acknowledge in myself.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Right? And I don't want to even see it. And yet, I, when I see it in others, because I see it in them, it it bugs me because... Because it bugs me in myself. It, because it bugs me in myself. Oh, exactly. so that, that way. Exactly.
2: Because exactly. uh-huh. uh, uh, one way I understood this is uh, that if, if people do something opposite of what you do... Like, for example, my my that organizing, and, you know... Creating uh, structures and all, right? Uh, I can't pass by a broken door lock or something, I and mean, then I have to fix it, right? Uh, unless prohibited by law. And, uh, uh, and <laughs> remind would, me when and I'm cleaning everyone, home next to yeah, invite you. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> but you see, and 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 there, and there are some people who just don't 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 you know care about it at all, uh, and uh, to say the least. Well, yeah, to and me, just, what that says is, is, like, is you don't like I, being out of control. That's what it tells yeah. me about you.
1: That yeah. you want everything to be in its right place and in control, rather than be, okay, it is what it
0: is. Sergei, I mean, it's as yeah, simple okay. as, uh, as 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 all of us don't tolerate externally what we don't tolerate about Internally, ourselves. Internally, yeah. Internally, it's, it, it, this, is, this is a truism. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because
1: uh, think about it this way, I mean, I, I don't want to try and expose your early life, that's your prerogative, but did you at any time in life feel that if things were not organized you would miss out on opportunities and that you had to do things in a specific way in order to maintain a sense of control of your life maybe when you left home early
2: no it wasn't that. I think it was actually much earlier than that okay. because uh, I, I had two younger brothers and I basically was helping around house mm-hmm. uh, uh, to uh, well, basically, helping my mom essentially. Yeah, but right? you know what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, you, you, you get what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 yeah. I mean, I had to. I, and I had a music school to attend, right? So, so basically, my life was very busy. I had to structure it at that point uh, to to accomplish everything, right? Hmm. And I kind of felt that, well, you know, they need <laughs> they need me, right? I I need to do this, and you know, uh-huh. yeah. No, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah Actually, you know, your friends that, see it very clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a good example. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe
0: that's where it came from. Okay. So then um after after you got the the, the top the top few threads that run through your life, um now it's time to check if you're Biasing yourself or not. Yeah. And the way to check is by talking to your friends and family.
1: And and I think talking to your really good friends, I think there's a difference between your Facebook friends and your friends, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, even
0: well, coworkers. you are both my Facebook friends, so... <laughs> yeah, we, we, do, we tolerate you there. <laughs>
1: we love you in real life, but we tolerate you there.
2: <laughs>
1: no, nah, but, but I think you guys know what I mean, right? I think... Uh, I think this. Uh, I think in so many ways. Uh, so I'm very anti social media because I think it uh, dilutes the quality of true relationships and you just feel like oh I have these 300 friends or 500 friends, and uh, I still remember something. My sensei has always told me, and he's uh, like, if at the end of your life you have five good friends, you've had a very rich life. These people mm-hmm. who know you inside out with whom uh, there are very few whales and you're able to even if you disconnect talk to them again two years later and pick up exactly where you left off
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, these are good friends and I think uh, verifying these stories with them and them being able to speak their mind even if it bugs the shit out of you and them knowing that it still won't affect your relationship that's a good marker of a friendship
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, so yeah. Ch- check in with those kind of people, right? So they they will tell you. Yeah, right? they will
1: tell you. Yeah, uh-huh. they won't let you get away with bullshit. Right, right,
2: right?
0: Uh-huh. Well, well, you know what? What um, let me be a little controversial here. What I, I I've come to to see is that uh, it actually doesn't take a deep relationship uh, to see. The truth, especially something as obvious as as you know two or three major threats that run through your life, mm-hmm. it actually all of us can see this in the, in other people in a matter of minutes, maybe even seconds but yeah. um
1: Communicating that same communicating <laughs> that might be the hard word. <laughs> no, <I think> <laughs> so
2: you
0: know, you walk down this street, everybody knows who you are, yeah. right? But they won't know. tell you. It's the your yeah. good friends who will. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. it's, a,
1: it's the so called politeness and ignoring, <laughs> and they won't tell you at least to your face. They'll tell everyone yeah. behind you. Yeah. But they won't yeah. tell you to your face.
0: Well, which actually is sad, and this is this is this is sad part of, of of our culture that this is this communi- honest communication is looked down upon and forbidden. Whereas I think we can learn so much from this direct feedback and 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 grow immensely and and very rapidly if it was available.
1: Yeah, but there's a reason for that, right? I think there are two, three reasons for that. And the two, three reasons are we have been trained so early on in what I call PR, public relations. on just putting your best foot forward and just showing what is so-called good about you rather than showing who you are completely. Mm -hmm. Number one. And number two, there's this uh, sense of uh, I don't want to be judged where feedback is being seen more as judgment rather than, hey, I'm just giving you feedback. Okay. I mean, from a, from a personal experience, uh, uh, I've had this uh, person uh, very near and dear to my life. And uh, in talking with her, uh, uh, this is when I made this distinction between uh, judgment and feedback, where many times I'm just asking for feedback because uh, I may not be able to see clearly some things. And that's the reason I ask for feedback. But whereas it seen. i i I learned this just yesterday whereas it might be seen as a judgment or a question of identity whereas it's not that it's not a question of judgment it's not a question of identity it's a question of learning to see myself a little more clearly so it can be it can be a shaky ground to walk on so Mm -hmm. uh walk on it gently and uh, especially with your loved ones and uh uh I think it takes uh, courage and compassion.
0: (laughs) Well, and and also it takes skillful communication, right? Uh, A simple example is uh, if you ask for feedback. uh, It's one thing if I say that you are a fool, right? I'm attacking your identity versus I'm saying, uh, I say, you are acting foolishly. Which brings well, it down to a level of action. Very but, different, yeah, yeah. And, but well, this, well, this requires knowing.
1: Yeah, l- 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 let's 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 play this out a little more, right? Uh, Karan, mm-hmm. between you and me, right? I, I still remember early on when we first became friends. I still remember this like clearly, like yesterday. Uh I think I was dropping you off uh at. Um, on California, California and Fifth, I still remember the place that clearly. Uh, okay. It made such an impact on me. Uh, where you said I can't trust you fully. So you, you hmm. told me you said, "Hey, um, uh, you know there are so many parts of you you don't talk about, and I don't mm-hmm. trust you fully." This was early days, early, early days. Mm-hmm. You said I find it very hard to trust you. That you have something to hide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I I still remember I didn't answer that. I hid. I, I didn't answer that, and I hid behind it, and it made an impact. It did make an impact. And yes, I was hiding, but you brought that out in the open. And that was critical. I, I didn't share what I was hiding behind or the fact that I was being traumatized and I didn't want to discuss it. It took me a couple of years after that. In fact, I tell both of you as well. You guys know what I'm talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think putting that out in the open. And even when that is being put out in the open, I had to face that on a day-to-day basis that, Hey, I'm collaborating and working on something meaningful for me, at least no, it was contribution. Mm-hmm. And yet mm-hmm. one of my friends, my dear friends doesn't trust me for it. Right. So, but that, Putting that out in the open and that that becoming the basis of a conversation rather than becoming defensive. I don't think I got defensive. You said that. I don't think I did. It's not like me to do that. Uh, that became the starting point of a true conversation. And that conversation went on for a couple of years for that trust to be built. I would hope we trust each other now.
0: <laughs> yes, my
1: <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> But But I think that's a... That's uh, uh, what you call, uh, that's the process. And those real co- those real critical and crucial conversations take time and maturing for them to unfold. Mm-hmm. And they change both you and the other person in the
0: process. This is actually interesting because, check us out, um, uh, this was unasked for, right? Uh, I've, I've spoken, I spoke my mind back then, but it, you weren't asking me for direct feedback about your trustworthiness. No, I wasn't. Uh, it, Right, um, and, and uh, so a couple of things about this. Uh, number one is I think that by the time you are ready to ask for feedback from somebody, you are almost already uh, uh, changing ready yourself. For change, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you you, know, you you, it's already conscious in your mind. You realize it, blah 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 blah. Basically, you're almost there. You know, you just need kind of the information from others, um, and it. And it's the time when you don't, and when you don't really realize it, uh, when it's brought to you kind of all of a sudden, when it's really valuable. But that's also the time which requires, uh, uh, usually requires a deeper relationship, because um, it's harder for strangers to to just, to just speak their mind out of blue to you about something that is unasked for.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? No, I, I completely know what you mean, because uh, this is where I was going, because uh, uh, right now I'm struggling with one key question, really struggling with it, okay? Mm-hmm. And I've been asking a few people for uh, feedback on it, is this question of identity. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck do I belong?
2: Yeah, Are you asking the, it just like with these words? Um, I think I'm being <laughs> a little too <bit.
0: laughs> <Depends, laughs> right? Depends where I'm talking to because uh, some might say that all the time I need to flush it. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> no, are you no. asking people on the street this no. question? <laughs> <laughs> the, the bander days are gone. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: but I've asked People I know on the street this question while walking down the street. No, but but you know, it's this notion of identity. Right? It's this notion of okay, where where do I belong? Is it Indian, India? Is it Europe? Is it the United States? Am I am I being boiled down to something as small as um, this notion of uh, a country? Right what I mean by that is you know I had, I had written these lines that in ah, well why am I going into Hindi? Uh, the translation is essentially God created uh, <laughs> God created this I know God created this, uh, this land. man created a line. he took sticks and went on the two sides and divided her. In dividing mm-hmm. this land divided that which is holy and that which is sacred. And you, my forefathers, in doing that, have divided me as well yeah. right so uh it loses its panache in english, but uh, that's that's essentially the 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 question because in the process of uh, you trying to discover who you are, you also have to deal with other people's projections about who they think you are and uh, mm-hmm. where you stand. But but it's a very critical thing to know to discover your own story mm-hmm. because if you label yourself as just, say, say, an American, the way you're going to respond to the world and the stories around you is going to be very different than you labeling yourself as a citizen of the world. And it's not just labeling but truly mm-hmm. knowing and believing that because the quality of your decisions, how you interact with everyone around you, what do you consider your spirituality? what do you consider your people becomes very different yeah. mm. Does
0: that makes
2: sense
0: yeah. yeah it makes mm-hmm. sense um uh, yeah, yeah, that absolutely makes sense um and, and uh, I'm thinking of a turtle right now, and, and that i I want to be like the turtle that always carries its home with it. yeah. <laughs>
1: Turtles all the way down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know that story, right? Yeah. Turtles all the way down. Okay. Okay. And then we come to our last uh, point. in, in, the, in the podcast today is once you've discovered your threads and you figure out the important ones and you've verified that these really are your threads with your friends and family well then the question is how do you use it in the world how do you flow and be with it and play with it and what can you can you can you share with the world
2: yeah maybe maybe i can start with a very down to earth purse and then we can you know slide so, yeah, right
0: before we get to my euro oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try right. to be pre- pre- preemptive. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. So i guess it's one of, one of the uh, very very practical ways of uh, using this information right so if I, if you treat it basically as information right uh is uh making your everyday decisions becomes uh, much easier. Like, say, you, you get an opportunity, you get, I don't know, a, a job offer that is a big raise as far as the money goes and big raise, for example, as far as the your uh, position in society goes and people are going to look up to you if you take that. But it's uh, uh, in a place where you lose your opportunities to do something that, you know, most people would consider you know, useless thing like say dancing or uh, you know making movies for me, let's say, right? Or uh, doing uh, well, I don't know, or contribution for uh, my part, right? Uh, like you can't contribute at this job, right? You have to keep it to yourself.
1: No, I, right? I'd rather shoot myself. Yeah,
2: so see, so that's uh, uh, it's it's a, it becomes a much easier decision if you consider your major points, right? your major uh, uh, threads. Uh, and how are they going to be impacted by your decision? And um, you know, if uh, if it goes against uh, uh, those core things, you know that you're not going to be able to uh, do that. And if it enhances it, then you know, so much the better, right? Just take it. So that's 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 one simple way of doing it. Okay. So what 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 do you think, guys? What do you have
0: in mind? well let's give this this uh, metaphor that i have in my mind have had for a while um, and uh, I think I believe it comes from Jung um or oh, well at least as far back as I can trace uh, that the whole of life is a dance between 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 the desire for individuality and the desire for wholeness between the striving for individuality and the striving for wholeness
2: yeah.
0: uh, and uh, who you are and, and and how you live and your personality and just all of it really is between these two two poles and I want to be a little more specific what I mean because I think these words are quite general um, uh, what I mean by individuality is uh, how you, uh, as a unique, as a unique creation of life, are different from every other creation of life that has been, is, and will be. What is the unique and individual, and how are you shaping the beauty? That's on the one hand. And on the other hand the wholeness is where where there is the there's this to me it seems like eternal and timeless um uh drive to merge with all and disappear. Literally disappear, begun. Mm-hmm. Become a wave in the ocean that is ocean that <laughs> is all water. Mm-hmm. And then the threads are what shapes... Uh, so these forces, these two poles, present for all of us, I believe. Uh, every single one. And then what makes us us is, is the imprint, the wounds, the, the taste of the poisonous water and the color of the beautiful fountain, the, the shape of the ugliness and the pattern of the beauty that makes us who we are. It happens between these two poles. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll close this with something from Tantra, um, where uh, these are the two poles, and the way to discover the two poles is to go even more deeply into a- anyone. Where, for example, if you go so deeply into wholeness that nothing else but that one individuality exists,
2: <laughs> 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 or. Of course! <laughs> <laughs>
1: or separate yourself so deeply to realize that there's nothing else anyway (laughs) (laughs) Mm.
0: all right (laughs) on uh, on that (laughs)
2: that's that's a really good point to uh (laughs) Uh, i've had uh, too much of alchemy today so yeah
0: anyway with
1: that i think from me it's good night and good luck
0: (laughs) yes
2: yeah uh, wonderful day
0: and may you be happy
2: The copyright of this recording is owned by the Radical Change Group and the individual contributors. Permission to copy and distribute freely is granted, provided that the entire recording and this notice remain intact. Please visit us at www.radicalchangegroup.com. Your comments and feedback will be greatly appreciated.